want to welcome those of you that are watching online. I want you to know that I've been praying for you. I know many of those here have been praying for you. And I just want to declare the grace of God over you, wherever you are, however you're watching. Uh, I want to speak the grace of God over you. And I'm grateful that you've joined and that you're part of what we're doing. Many years ago, when I was first in the ministry, the beginning days of my ministry, <clears throat> I was on staff at a church for five years. And at the end of that five years, uh, I finished my time there, and I was in between jobs in the ministry. I'd left a church, and I had not yet joined another church in ministry, and so I needed a job. Well, Miss Vicky and I were attending a church, and there was a man who worked there who worked for a large corporation, and so I, I knew him, and I told him my need. I said, hey, you know, I need a job, and uh, he so he got me there, and I filled out application. This is before computers and things online, and uh, I was hired to go to work. So I went to work the first day, and when I got there, I had to fill out paperwork. Now, like I said, it was before the computer, and so I sat down at a table, and they gave me this stack of paperwork, and I began to fill this paperwork out. And, you know, just basic information, who you are, what are you doing, and those kinds of things. Well, then I got to the part of the paperwork where it talked about insurance and benefits and life insurance, and so I had to fill out these papers for this. And I was doing, as I was doing it, here's what I thought. I don't care about any of this. I, I don't care about this. I don't need life insurance. I don't need, and I'm young. I don't need life insurance. I don't need all these benefits. I just need a job, okay? I need to go to work, and on Friday, I need a check because I got a woman at home hungry and not fit, not hungry for food, but give me that check. And, and so I got to get home with that check or I'm going to be looking for somewhere to live. And I don't care about these benefits. And I can remember thinking that. Now, as I got older and wiser, you know, if any of you've worked at companies, you know, uh, as you get older, benefits matter and they're important. Now, Pastor, why'd you tell that story? Well, I know a lot of Christians, lots of believers, church attenders, people who are in the body of Christ, and they're the same way about the benefits of God. You see, that day that I went in there, I just needed work. I just needed a job. Well, if you've been going here very long, you've heard the gospel preached. Uh, I received Jesus Christ as my Savior as a 12-year-old kid. And if you will, that's the beginning of the job. That's the first stage. That's stepping through the door. And I know lots of Christians who needed that job. Now, I'm not talking about working for God. I'm talking about just, hey, I want to go to heaven. I want to miss hell. And you explain to me how to do it, so I believe I'll have some of that. But then once they get in the door, they don't seem that interested in the benefits. They don't seem that interested in the blessing. They don't seem that interested in the privileges. And when I became a Christian, I became a believer, I wanted to know what belonged to me. Tonight, I'm going to show you four promises in the Word of God. Now listen, the Bible is a book of promises, Okay, listen to me. The Bible is not for the unbeliever. The Bible is not for the heathen. You say, oh, the Bible's for everybody. No, it's not. The Bible is for the child of God, the person who receives Jesus Christ as their Savior. Now, of course, an unbeliever can read the Bible, and they'll find Christ. If they're wise, they'll find Christ. 
But the Bible was written to God's children, and it's filled with benefits. It's filled with privileges. It's filled with things that belong to you. And I've studied it ever since I got serious about God, which was about 21 years old, and I'm in my 60s. I never get tired of reading it. I never get tired of studying it, and I always see new things. I'm going to show you four promises tonight that belong to you. Four benefits, four privileges, and they all have one word in common. All four of these promises I'm going to show you have a word that's the same in each one of them. And so I'm going to show you these four promises, and I'm going to show you the same word in each of these four promises. And before I go to the first promise, I want to give you the word, and it's the word surely. Each promise that I'm going to show you tonight, each benefit, each privilege that belongs to you because you're blood-bought and redeemed and know Jesus is your Savior, each one of them have this word in it, Surely. Let me give you a definition. Here's what it means. It's a speaker's firm belief that what they're saying is true. This is my favorite part. A surprise that there is any doubt. What does surely mean? It means when God tells you something belongs to you, he's surprised if you have any doubt. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. God is surprised when you choose not to believe that promise, when you choose not to believe that truth. God is surprised that the heathen who wants to die and go to hell instead of find Christ as their savior. That's what surely means. It means to be surprised that you don't believe it. I love that. Let me read it to you one more time. Surprise that there is any doubt. We're going to look at four promises, and all of them have the word surely. Now, I don't know about you, but I love that word. When the first promise I'm going to show you, as I read this promise, I've been meditating. Now, I see I've got some three-by-five cards, and I have 30 verses on them, 30 Bible verses. And I keep them in my pickup in my console, And anytime I'm by myself and I'm going somewhere, I'll get those cards out. And as I'm driving, of course, I'm paying attention while I drive. I'll go through these cards and I read them out loud. Listen, one of the greatest ways to build and strengthen faith is for you to say God's word out loud out your mouth. And your ears will hear it and it builds faith. Okay, do you want to know how to keep doubt out of your heart? Keep it out of your mouth. You see, you've got an elevator that goes from your head to your heart. And the way you get on that elevator is through your eyes and through your ears. And anything that gets on your elevator that you don't want in your heart, don't let it come out your mouth. The way you keep doubt out of your heart is to keep it out of your mouth. So I have these 30 Bible verses, and I go through and I'll read these cards to myself as I'm driving, and I'll read them out loud. Now listen, I've had this list of verses since 2016. I've had them five years. And every time I'm in the vehicle by myself, I don't listen to the radio, I don't listen to talk radio, I do these verses, and I repeat God's word to myself, and I build my faith. The very first verse that I have in that card is Psalms 512. 
Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with favor as with a shield. What does surely mean? Surely means a surprise that there's any doubt. God is surprised that there's any doubt. Surely, don't you love that? Surely you bless the righteous and surround them with favor as with a shield. Let me explain to you what the word blessed means. The Hebrew word is barak, okay? And you know what it means? It means to get on your knees and to adore, to get on your knees and to adore. That's what it means. So listen, if you get on your knees to worship God anytime during worship, or if you've ever done that at your home, you're doing the Hebrew word barak. Get on your knees and adore. Now, it's not saying that God is getting on his knees, but it is saying that he's adoring you. Now, don't miss this. I got five granddaughters, and I absolutely adore them. And I would do anything in the world within my power for them. Your father is the very same way. He adores you. He absolutely adores you. He loves you. And he's willing to do anything for you that he can. Are you with me? Surely, Lord, you bless, you adore, you care for, and you love the righteous. Okay, now let's stop right there. There's the rub. <clears throat> well, pastor, I don't feel like I'm very righteous, so that doesn't belong to me. I'm glad it belongs to you. You're a preacher. You're righteous. So you get it. Of course, you get it. But, but I don't feel very righteous. Well, the Bible says that if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, you're righteous. The word righteous means right standing with God. Jesus was made to be sin, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, don't miss this. And I know many of you know this. And I know many of you think, hey, I've heard that before. But let it sink into your heart. Let it sink into your soul. If you've invited Christ into your life, I've invited Christ into my life. I'm righteous. I'm in right standing with God this very moment. And so are you. And there's not one single thing you can do to be more righteous are you with me? That belongs to you. So this promise belongs to you. Surely, Lord, you bless, you adore, you care for those who are in right standing with you, and that's us. Then it says that he surrounds us with favor like a shield. You have a shield around you, Eric, and it's the favor of God. Listen to what favor means, to delight to like or to be pleased with. Now, listen to it. The Bible says that God will give you favor with him and with man. Okay, so if you know Christ is your savior, listen to me, favor belongs to you. You should be saying it. Father, I thank you I have favor everywhere I go. Father, I thank you that everywhere I go, people delight in me, people like me, and they're pleased with me. Now, there may be an old sourpuss here and there, but as a whole, God, your favor is on me. God favors you, and the Bible says man favors you. God shields you with favor. When you go in the bank, you have favor. When you go in the convenience store, you have favor. When you go to work, you have favor. When you go in a restaurant, you have favor. God's favor and grace is on you. Psalms 512 says so. 
Now do you see why I say this card out loud when I drive around? Let me read it to you one more time. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor, your delight, you like and you're pleased with, and it's like a shield. That's promise number one. Surely. God is surprised when you don't want it. If I stood outside the grocery store with $100 bills, and when people walked by, I said, hey, would you like a $100 bill? Now, I'm sure there'd be people who would say, absolutely, brother. But then there'd probably be somebody that'd be like, no, I don't, what are you up to, right? What, what are you trying to do? Why are you wanting to give me $100? And I would be surprised that they didn't want it. Are you with me? God is surprised. Surely means I said I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it. Let me give you the second promise. This is out of the 23rd Psalm. The 23rd Psalm, verse 6. This is the end of Psalms 23. Listen to what it says. Surely, there it is again. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely, hey, listen, something's following you. You know what it is? Goodness and mercy. Listen to me, everywhere you go, goodness and mercy is following you. The scripture says God is leading you, okay? We're led by his spirit. As I walk through my life, as you walk through your life, God is leading you, but over your shoulder is goodness and mercy. Isn't that great? Surely, God, surely goodness and mercy will follow me, how long? All the days of my life. And then the last promise is, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, we're in the house of God right now, but there's also a house of God that we're going to be in in heaven for eternity, and we're going to be together with God. Surely, goodness and mercy. Man, now just think about in your daily life, the way you live your life. Think about thinking that goodness and mercy are behind you. Everywhere you go, there's goodness and mercy. Now, can we just start piling this up on top? Okay, the first promise I just read says that God wants to bless you. God adores you. God loves you. God wants to do for you. Then he's given you favor. The favor of God is on you. Then goodness and mercy are following you. Then you and I get to dwell in the house of God and be in his presence forever. That's only two promises. That's only two. And the key word they have in common is surely. Surely. Surprise if there's any doubt. Let me show you the next one. Psalms 54, 4. I love this. It's short and it's sweet. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. That's the NIV. Surely, there it is again. Surely God is my help. Listen, do you you need help tonight? Maybe in your relationships, maybe in your money, maybe with your health, maybe with peace in your mind. Uh, Maybe you need a different job. I I don't know. Do you need some help? You think, man, God, I need help. Well, it says right here, surely God is my help. Listen to me, church. Listen to me, Christian. God is and wants to be your help. He adores you. There it is again. He blesses you. He wants 
to help you. I know that any one of you, I could call you just Cody. I know I could call Cody at 2 in the morning and tell Cody I needed help, and he would do everything he could to help me. I know it. I could call Mike Haynes. Hey, Mike, you know, whatever situation it is, it doesn't matter. Hey, Mike, I need some help. Would you help me? And I know the answer out of his mouth would be yes. I know the answer out of Eric's mouth would be yes. I know any one of you in here would help me, and I would do the same for you. I wouldn't say, no, I can't, or hey, I don't have time, or hey, I'm too busy. You'd be the very same way. God is the very same way. Listen to it. Surely God is my help. Listen, if you need help, cry out to God. If you haven't cried out to him, do it. If you've done it and felt like you haven't heard anything, keep doing it. God, I thank you that you're my help. You're my help. Lord, help me at my job. Help me in my family. Help me with my body. Help me in my mind. I need your help. Then the next thing it says is, is the Lord sustains me. I love that. God, you're my sustainer. What does that mean? Well, he's your energy. He's your peace. He's your joy. He's your refuge. He's your comfort. Whatever it is you need, he sustains you. Listen, why do we eat food every day? Because it sustains our body. We do it for energy. We don't eat one time a week or we don't eat one time a month uh, because we know that there's not, it wouldn't sustain you. Same with drinking water. It's been hot, hadn't it? And everybody knows, man, we need to be drinking plenty of fluids. We need to be hydrating. We need to be drinking water. And, and I, I'm not an expert on that, but I've heard that when you start to feel thirsty, you're already behind, that you need to be hydrating. Why? Because it sustains you. Listen to me. God's word sustains you. God's presence sustains you. Being in the house of God on Thursday night sustains you. Listen, my prayer for you as you leave this service tonight is that you've been sustained. You've been refreshed. You've been strengthened. You've been encouraged. I start my day every morning with the word of God and I read my Bible and I pray. Do you know why? It sustains me. It'll do the very same thing for you. I had breakfast this morning because it sustains me through the morning. Then I had some lunch and it sustains me in the afternoon. Then you might eat something, a little bit of something or whatever you do for supper. It, why do we do that? It sustains us. Listen to it. This is so powerful. Lord, you're the one who sustains me. You're the one who sustains me. What did Jesus say? Man shall not live by bread alone. See, I don't need just physical food. I need spiritual food, and so do you. Now, listen, God wants to sustain you. Let me read the whole promise. Surely God is my help. Thanks, Father. You're my help. And, Lord, you are the one who sustains me. Three promises. They all have the word surely. Three promises, three benefits that belong to you. Now, I just pulled out four tonight. We could do 40. I could do 400. The book is full of them. Every time you read one, they belong to you. The Bible says the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. Yes. Hey, can I have that, Lord? Yes. Yes, you can. They belong to you. Let me show you the last one. The last one is Isaiah 12, 2, and this is the NIV translation. Surely, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself, is my strength and my defense. 
He has become my salvation. Now, there's a lot there, and I know it. But would you just give me a few minutes and just allow me to unpack this promise for you? Because I don't want you to miss anything. All right, listen to what it says. Surely God is my salvation. Listen, God is your salvation. He is your deliverer. He's your helper. He's your sustainer. Listen, everything you need is in God. All you got to do is call out to him. Surely God is my salvation. Then I love this. I will trust and I won't be afraid. Now, you know what happens to us. You either trust or you're afraid, but you don't do both. Hey, God, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to resist fear off my life, or I'm going to be afraid, and I'm not going to trust you. Okay, what does it say? God is my salvation. I will trust him, and I won't be afraid. Now, I don't know about you, but there's nothing more powerful than being free from fear. Whatever kind of fear it is, there's nothing more powerful than being free from fear. If you've had fear, if you've experienced fear, you know the torment that fear brings. The Bible says so. You know, you go to the doctor and you get a bad report or, hey, we need to run a test and we won't know anything for two weeks. The enemy wants to bring fear. Or you think, hey, they're going to cut back at my job and I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep my job. Fear. Fear. Okay, what does it say right there in that promise? Surely, God, you're my salvation. I will trust you and I will not be afraid. Then here it goes. The Lord, the Lord himself, I love that. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. Listen, I pray that over you every single morning when I do my prayer walk, and here's what I pray. Father, I pray over the body of Tulia Christian Fellowship that you would strengthen them with your might by your spirit in their inner man. Now, don't miss this. God's spirit wants to strengthen your spirit. Listen, strength doesn't come from the outside. Strength comes from the inside. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and he's my defense. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever had anybody fight for you? Lots of people have never had anybody fight for them. Maybe your husband has, maybe your wife has, maybe your mother did, maybe your dad did, maybe a coach did, maybe a teacher did. I don't know. Have you ever had anybody, can you think back in your life of a time when, hey, this person stood up for me, this person vouched for me, this person fought for me? Lots and lots of people would say, no, I can never think of a time when that has happened. And that can be very hurtful. It can be hard. Hey, I've never had anybody stand up for me. But if you've had somebody stand up for you, you know exactly what that feels like. It feels good when somebody takes a stand for you, when somebody speaks up for you. It feels good. Listen to what this says. It says, the Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and he's my defense. Listen, God's fighting for you. God is standing up for you. God is speaking in your behalf. God loves you. God sent his only son. Now you think, well, you know, I don't know if God loves me or not. All you have to do to squelch that is look at the cross. That's all you have to do. Just look at the cross. The cross is proof that God fights for you. It says what? It says that he is my defense. Then the last sentence says he has become my salvation. He has become my salvation. Four promises, all with the word surely. 
Let me just read them. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous and you surround them with your favor as with a shield. Surely, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense, and he has become my salvation. Psalm 23, 6. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 54, 4. Surely, God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Woo! Isn't that good? Four simple promises. As I got older in my life, I realized how important benefits can be. I realized that that stuff matters. It's the same way with God. These promises belong to you. And God said, surely I will bless you. Surely I'll take care of you. Surely I'll sustain you. Surely I'll fight for you. Just four simple, powerful promises that belong to us. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand up. Let me pray for you tonight. Father God, thank you. Father, I want to thank you for those who are watching online. I want to thank you for those that are here in this room with me. And Father, I want to declare your grace. Lord, you said surely you would bless us. Surely you would take care of us. And Father, I speak those promises over us tonight. I speak those promises over those watching online that your grace is on us, your peace is on us. You are our defense. You are our help and that you love us. Father, I declare it. I speak it. I speak the grace of God. Lord, as we leave this place, we're sustained. As those who are watching finish, they're sustained by your word and by your presence. And we're stronger because of you. Father God, I'm thankful for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. I love you. I'm so glad you were here. Y'all go and be blessed.